Chapter Seven of Two Sides to Every Question by Maud Jean Frank. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Kirsty. Chapter Seven Flitting. The little house in the back street suffered from the heat, or its inhabitants did, quite as much as the denizen of that upper room in Clement House that hot summer. More so, for it was close, oppressive, unhealthy. The street was narrow and the houses on either side in sad need of sanitary reform. It was impossible to exist with closed windows, and yet the air brought in with it so many mingled and doubtful odours that it was almost impossible to endure them open. Nettie Alton rejoiced in her row of thriving plants, thriving only from the care that she had lavished upon them. They purified the air, refreshed the eye, and diffused their fragrance in spite of every obstacle. Without these plants it would have been a very dreary little room indeed. These, and the small bunches of flowers Tom purchased every Saturday, which Nettie carefully tended to the very last blossom, brightened up and brought in a breath of country life. But as the summer's heat continued, Mrs. Alton drooped again, and needed all Nettie's attention. She no longer came to sit at her side while she went on with her machine work but reclined all day long in her easy-chair, faint and exhausted from morning to night. "'This will never do, Nettie,' said Tom one evening, while taking his dinner and silently noticing the feeble state of his mother after the extreme heat of the day. It was the day that had proved so intolerable to Arthur, and the fresh sea-breeze that entered his upper chamber was now stealing through the windows of the house in the back street, which were all open to receive it. This will never do. We must get out of this, or lose mother. And the poor boy pushed away his plate, and sat gloomily down on a chair near the door, watching his sister filling her shuttles ready for renewed work. Yes, I see that we must, said Nettie. She was wearied and heated and exhausted herself, and in sadly low spirits. I see we must. It has to be done. But how? That is the question, Tom. "'What must be done, must,' said Tom sturdily. "'I don't see that we need to make much difficulty about it, "'nor do I believe we shall have any more to pay for a neat little cottage with a garden "'just out of town than for this hole. "'I think we should do better if we got a house with a room or so extra, "'for then we might take in some young fellow to board. "'That would pay the rent and more. "'And it's my belief, Nettie, if you did more private work and had it brought to you, "'it would pay better.' I dare say you are right. It's worth trying, at any rate, for, as you say, we must do something for mother's sake. I need not give up the old work till I get the new, but it will not do to leave mother while she is so weak, even to look for a house. No, no need. It's a fine evening. Splendid now the change has come. No time like the present. I'll go and try to find the house, and tomorrow evening you can go and see it while I stay with mother.' and springing up tom seized his hat and strode out out into the fresh breeze and none know the full beauty of those sea breezes like those who have been parched up and dried and exhausted by the day of heat or a searing hot wind for though even those bracing breezes take some time to penetrate the heated walls of the houses to those who revel in them outside they are truly refreshing those days the days we are writing of were not noted for the erection of twelve or fourteen-roomed houses. The requirements of our citizens increase as time progresses. Room, room, is now the cry, and room we must have. But alas, we must pay for it. 
landlords are cormorants in these present days of our colonial experience and the rents they require are something fabulous it is decidedly their side of the question now by and by the tenant will have his turn it is a customary thing in the times in which we live for buildings of seven and eight rooms to be rapidly run up with single brick partitions and very slender foundations for which on completion a cool hundred a year independent of taxes is demanded but as the population increases so must the houses and for a time ay for a time only people will be compelled contentedly or not to submit to the imposition in those old days however houses were fewer and in less request and it was possible to obtain a comfortable little five-roomed house in the suburbs of adelaide at a very moderate rental tom knew that for in his summer evening walks which often extended far beyond the city he had frequently seen snug little places with the ominous words to let in the windows which he had sadly coveted for a home it was therefore with all the buoyant elasticity of sanguine youth that he set out on his voyage of discovery determined as far as his share in the proceedings went to succeed in his search of course we all know that things are frequently most easily obtained when they are least required and this may be said especially of houses so that tom's search after all was rather wearily protracted before he came upon the object of his desire indeed the sun had faded in the west and the shadows of evening were gathering apace when he at last stood before a little house standing in a small courtyard of flowers with a broad veranda shadowed by many climbing tendrils behind was a garden full of trees of some kind it was a snug little place just such as he had often dreamed of possessing he took down the landlord's address and went home full of excitement to tell his sister i'll try to get out early from the office to-morrow nettie and then you can go at once and see it but i'm sure it will please you and it's only an easy pleasant distance from town why it's a mere nothing i'm jolly well sure mother will like it too and so it came to pass that nettie was fully as enthusiastic about the little house when she had seen it and nearly as sanguine of success as her brother she did more than look at it she took it at once engaging to enter at the end of the week after one or two trifling repairs had been seen to and everything made ready for their reception and mother dear she said after recounting her exploits on her return it's such a dear little house you cannot help getting well in it mrs alton smiled faintly i ought to get well with all your loving care she said but take heed dear that you do not launch out beyond your means you must not do that ah no mother tom and i will see to that it will be such a comfort to get out of this little narrow street and its neighbourhood yes and to breathe the fresh air again said her mother softly and yet with such a sigh of relief that nettie felt glad that tom had suggested the change and that she had so thoroughly followed the suggestion tom was in high spirits this evening he could have found it in his heart to have cut all manner of capers and was indeed more boisterous than quite comported with the limits of their little house its neighbourhood or his mother's weakness a glimpse of her pale face recalled him to his senses i knew you would like it nettie he exclaimed but i didn't know you'd take it right off you are a regular brick why you know tom what had to be done had better be done at once of course only 
i don't know why but i fancied you'd hum and haw a bit first girls mostly do no need of that the house was quite the thing and i do not see why i should not get plenty of work in that neighbourhood it is a good one private work i mean why of course you will i'll write out some plain cards and get them distributed for you you'll do more at that than by the shops i don't like to see you carrying big bundles about either nettie there i may as well speak the truth at once the larger the parcel the greater the mind said nettie laughing as she gave her brother his candle and bade him good-night they had not a great amount of money to expend in removal everything had to be done on the most economical and cheapest scale tom threw all his life and energy into the business for his heart was in it he had always detested the little house in the back street and wondered how they had contrived to live in it so long so he said as he collected and assorted and packed the various treasures for transportation early the next morning for it was arranged that he should proceed with the furniture while his mother followed in a car with nettie and some of the more precious belongings to him it was a change for the better in every respect he knew nothing of nettie's misgivings for the future or of the sad thoughts which every removal brings to those in the decline of life the possibility had never entered his head that to his mother that little home had seemed a sanctuary and that she looked forward with trembling emotion to the change unconscious of any of these sensations for both mother and sister kept their fears and their feelings to themselves tom went heart and soul into the business and before eight o'clock in the morning was on his way with his wagon load of furniture to the new house not one moment too soon for him for the operation of loading had been witnessed by many spectators old as well as young the latter class especially were exceedingly tormenting tom had never won much respect from these human gadflies and though time and his daily presence among them had done much to soften and ameliorate yet every now and then there came the old outbreaks as on the present occasion when to his intense disgust he had the mortification of hearing a dozen different insulting remarks upon every article of furniture as it was carried from the house and placed upon the wagon not till the last item was added to the load and it had driven slowly down the street followed by a score of the young larrikins not till he had seen his mother safely into the car followed by nettie not till he had finally turned the key of the door and delivered it into the hands of the landlady who occupied the next house and stood waiting for it doing her share of inspection as well as her neighbours did tom exclaim eureka and leaping to the front seat of the wagon beside the driver with his back against a table and his arms steadying a large picture frame which shook sadly to and fro threatening a fall he gladly bade farewell to the little back street for ever just as the old post-office clock pointed to eight they turned out of adelaide and in less than half an hour were unloading at the door of the new home and when nettie and her mother arrived in the car which had been driven very slowly to suit the invalid more than half the goods were indoors and mrs alton's large chair was drawn near the open window of the little sitting-room so that she could sit and rest and look out upon the flowers in comparative comfort it was a lovely morning for though the sun was warm there was a fresh breeze blowing from the sea and this tempered the heat and came gratefully in at the open window tom was in his element especially so when the empty wagon drove off and they had all the furniture to arrange i'm obliged to go back to the office nettie he presently said but let's have another breakfast first we didn't have anything before 
and I'm as hungry as a hunter. Then you just take a rest, get mother to lie down, and I'll jolly soon be back again to help you. So the little table was drawn near the open window by their mother's chair, and covered with a snowy cloth, and the old-fashioned china and little silver teapot placed upon it, while fresh rolls and butter and a few delicate slices of ham were brought from Nettie's basket, and a new-laid egg for the invalid. The kitchen stove was declared to draw to perfection, and in a very short time the tea was diffusing its refreshing aroma through the room, which, in all its disorder, looked bright and cheerful, beyond anything they had known for many a long and weary month. "'Do you think Mother likes it?' said Tom, rather anxiously, as he followed his sister into the kitchen after they had finished breakfast. "'She don't say much, you know. Oh, but she's tired and weak, Tom. I think she will like it very much, by and by,' said Nettie, hopefully. "'Now, just before you go, I want you to help me to put up her bedstead. I'll have her room done first, and get her to lie down, as you say, and she will feel better after a sleep. You need not stop to do anything else.' "'Ah, I'll do that and chance it,' said Tom hastily. "'I wish I could stop altogether. "'But, you see, I can't. "'The Governor wants me. "'So come on. "'Which piece is which?' "'And with Nettie's management the bedstead was soon up, "'and Tom off on his way back to town. "'I believe the walk will be good for him,' thought Nettie, "'as she watched him down the road, "'taking buoyant strides with a bunch of mignonette in his hand, "'which he had hastily gathered from the border as he passed. "'Yes.' I believe it is a right step after all, and we will trust for the rest. Coming out of that little back street, and the dingy house with its discoloured walls, it was a pretty task to arrange the furniture in the freshly, brightly papered little rooms. The clean white blinds and muslin curtains Nettie put up at once, to make it homelike, looked so clean and white, with that drapery of green without, and the twining rose-tendrilled wallpaper within. It was a real work of love arranging the plain strips of carpet on the floor, and the simple bedroom furniture, looping up the muslin curtains of the bed, with a pink rosette here and there, and giving many little loving pats to the heaped-up pillows. Many graceful touches here and there, till she could add nothing more to its pleasantness. The sun was coming warmly in at the window by this time, and drawing down the blind she enticed her mother into the cool, neat little nest, and coaxed her to lie down. "'If you can only sleep, dear mother, it will do you so much good,' she whispered, with a kiss. "'I ought to sleep in this pretty room,' her mother answered lovingly. "'I am a very great deal of trouble to you, dear Nettie,' she added, as her head sank wearily, but contentedly, on the softly heaped pillows. "'A pleasure and a joy, darling mother, but never a trouble,' said Nettie, with a close hug, and with one or two parting touches she stole from the room." There was no elaborate furniture to arrange, and it was wonderful in how short a time one thing after another fell into its place. Arranged itself, so Nettie said when Tom came home in the afternoon, and found that there was really nothing to do, but that the dear little cottage was already looking fifty times more homelike than the little house in the back street had ever done. Nettie had even the crayon drawings hung in their places. The sewing machine was near the open window the little clock ticking away on the mantel-shelf, the vase of flowers, flowers from their own garden, on the table, and in addition thereto, a small basket of peaches lying in a nest of vine-leaves from a splendid tree at the back of the house. Tom was beside himself with excitement and joy. 
End of chapter 7